Welcome to the Irresistible You podcast. This is the place to get a dose of empowerment to create the life you crave and deserve. I'm your host, Amy Beltran, CEO and founder of Irresistible University. I'm a confidence coach here to help you love yourself, drop the body image issues so you can lose the emotional weight and gain the confidence to look and feel irresistible at any size. Hey there, everyone. This week, we need to have a chat about what it means to really love yourself. And I want to approach this from some of the stuff that I see out here around the body positivity movement. And for those of you that don't know, I am not a fan of the body positive body positivity movement. And I kind of and I have a very different um approach and a very different belief system. And I kind of march to the beat of my own drum. I always have, I always will. And so, you know, as you're listening to this, I want you to hear me out. And, you know, I'm the first to tell you, I'm not going to be for everyone. And so if you don't resonate with me and you're like, oh, you know, this isn't my thing, like, you know, then you don't have to listen. You don't have to follow the podcast. But if you listen to the stuff that I put out and you're like, yes, girl, like I get it. I'm with you. That's me. Like I, I totally understand. Then, then, then you're my people, right? And that's all I care about is reaching the women that I know need to hear the messages that I'm sharing. And so that's what I'm going to do today because we really need to talk about what it means to love yourself because it's thrown around all the time. It's, it's used and like, this, Oh, just like go love yourself. And it's kind of like, um, insulting in a way to just brush over how someone's feeling by saying that. And so I want to talk about how to love yourself, how it relates to the body positivity movement, what self-love is not, what self-love is, and then I have some closing thoughts around all of this to tie everything up. So on that note, I want to just first explain to those of you that don't know, or just to recap, what is the body positivity movement? Now, by definition, the body positive movement is a feminist movement that encourages women and or female identifying people to adopt more forgiving and affirming attitudes towards their bodies with the goal of improving overall health and well-being. Amazing. Awesome, right? I think that's a great thing. But... Just like anything else, there are the extremists who are polluting the message. And quite frankly, there's people out here that are sharing sharing dangerous rhetoric across the internet, across social media, and the body positivity movement, quite frankly, has gotten out of control. And I'm done with it. I've had enough. And what started out as something to help, you know, larger, especially larger bodied women feel inclusive has turned into this hypocritical community quite of bullies. It's become a community of bullies. And I say this as it relates to the extremist out here in the movement. Now, I don't want this episode to solely be about the body positivity movement, but it's important for me to bring this up to talk about self-love and the things that are going on and what I feel needs to be said. And when we talk about you know, self-love and body positivity, I do think body positivity started out as, you know, a good thing. 
it was great that we're now able to like celebrate all bodies, like different sizes, having diversity and all that good stuff. That is great. And that should not stop. And that's also part of my belief system as well of, you know, what it means to look and feel irresistible at any size on your journey. However, to let's talk about loving yourself to love yourself when I said earlier how it's just you simplistically sometimes to where it's insulting to just be like, oh, just love yourself. It's okay. Like, all right, come on. To love yourself is to give yourself compassion, is to be forgiving of yourself. And it also means to love yourself just as you would love a child or anyone else is to know that you have to take care of yourself. And the body positivity movement glorifies that it's okay to be 250, 300, 400 plus pounds. And they state that health is not, I mean, size is not an indicator of health. And to that, I call bullshit. Okay. Because to, to and I'm going to get into deni- denial and obesity. I'm going to say this right now denial and obesity are BFFs. And I want you to remember that because I'm going to say it multiple times and I'm going to talk more on that as we get through the episode. And I think the body positivity movement has moved in that direction where it's creating a lot of denial, especially with the health at every size nonsense that's going on. Because health is, there's science behind weight. And there's science behind the fact that the human body can only be but so large before you're going to have problems, right? And so to me, health at every size is bullshit. Like there's a difference between loving and appreciating ourselves at any size on our journey, but we got to get real about health. And the health at every size movement that's going on kind of in line with the body positive movement, it's ignorant and it's dangerous for so many reasons, right? Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably have to do an episode that's just about that because that could really get long-winded and I don't want to dive deep into that right now. So let's get back to self-love, okay? And I have a lot to cover today, so bear with me. And I, y'all, those of you that listen, you know I get passionate. You know I get super passionate. I get I can get down on a rant. I can get going and I just get and today I'm about to do that. I'm about to go in because this fires me up and I'm super passionate about it and I'm not going to hold back and I'm not going to filter myself. Let's just say that. So put your headphones on. Um so anyway, back to the whole self-love thing. So I be, I believe that self-love And what what is part of self-love is loving yourself and being able to take care of yourself and take care of your body, right? And again, if you're sitting there and someone is 300, 400 plus pounds and you're trying to say that that's healthy, I call bullshit, okay? So let me tell you what life was like for me. We're going to go down memory lane here for a minute, okay? And I can fully speak on this topic. I'm not just some girl that says, like, sits in a chair and, like, forces a fat roll, you know, hunches over and forces a fat roll with her stomach and is like, oh, yeah, girl, body positive. No, I've lived it. I've been all kinds of different sizes. I've been every size but skinny, okay? So I'm going to take you down memory lane and talk about what life was like for me when I was 250 plus, all right? So at 250 plus, 
this is what I'm telling you is not self-love. This is what self-love, this, none of this includes self-love. My 18, 19 year old self that was going through this didn't even have a concept of self-love. I thought that was some term that was only used by like the crunchy hippie people dancing out in the forest. Okay. This was not even in my vocabulary. It was not in my world. So let me tell you what life was like for me at 250 plus. I sat around inside my house in the summer with big baggy pants on, big baggy clothes, playing on the internet, <clears throat> watching TV all day, in between running to the kitchen and eating constantly all throughout the day. And let me tell you, when I say eating, I'm talking about bowls, bowls of mac and cheese with hot dogs and hot pockets, ham and cheese hot pockets, two at a time. And then I would go in there and get these big ass fluffy bagels and I would put butter, real butter all over the bread. And I would have, it was like a ritual. It was ridiculous because I would devour this bagel and I would pull the bread, the big fluffy parts of the bread and suck the butter out of the bread. And it was just this big, ridiculous, like, I don't know, fat girl ritual that would go down all the time. Okay. And the only time I left my house, because at the time I was starting to get agoraphobia, which meant every time I left the house, I had panic attacks. And so I guess somehow in my mind it connected, well, the only way to make the panic attacks stop is to go eat. And so the only time I ever left the house was to go out to eat. I gained so much weight in this time of my life. I mean, I'm talking close to 100 pounds in less than a year. And I put myself in debt because I was using credit cards to go out and have these lavish, ridiculous meals because my little part-time job self, 18, 19 years old, I couldn't afford to go out to eat like that, right? Because when I would go out to eat, it was expensive because here's what I would do. Now, I'm going to use an example. So if anybody remembers back in the day, I don't know if they're still around because I think they've all closed, most of them. Ruby Tuesday, remember Ruby Tuesday? So I would go to Ruby Tuesday and I will order an appetizer. And my appetizer was the smothered, whatever, Texas cheese fries. We're talking bacon and, you know, 5,000 types of cheese and ranch and all this kind of mess. And then my meal would come out, which was probably some kind of greasy cheese smothered burger or pasta. Um, and if I had the burger, guess what? It came with fries and I would eat every last piece of those fries. And back in the day, there was no doggy bag for me. There was no to-go box. You know, I was not leaving crumbs. I was not leaving anything on that plate. And then when they say, oh, would you like dessert? Yeah, duh. Um, and so I would order this dessert. It was in this huge, tall glass. It kind of looked like a like an oversized drinking, like alcohol drinking glass type of thing. And it was some kind of like double chocolate caramel fudge ice cream with brownies and it was ridiculous it probably should feed like four to five people and we would eat that and yep y'all I was even the ratchet bitch that put biscuits in her bag to go okay that is a problem nothing about the way I was eating the things I was putting in my body scream health at every size and self-love none of that is about self-love all of that is about the opposite of what self-love is. Because when you love yourself and you love someone else, you're not going to treat your body that way. 
right? So here I was, you know, I would walk around my college campus at the time. I was winded. I was tired. I was dripping in sweat at night with no sunshine walking around college campus. That's a problem. That is not self-love. That's because the only other activity that I would do is sit on my couch. There was no active, there was no activity exercise in my life. None. I didn't go for walks because I loved it. I didn't go kayaking because it was a my happy place. I didn't go kickboxing because I like fell in love with it. I wasn't that none of that was in my like even in my like comprehension at the time. Okay. Another example, I used to have, I've always loved fashion, even when I was larger and it was really hard to find clothes back in the day. Cause we're talking like the early two thousands. It was really hard to find clothes that were plus size because we didn't have the online online shopping was like just barely, it wasn't even a thing yet. And the stores were not inclusive by any means. And so I remember I had these boots and they were super cute. They were brown. They were like these, um, they were like ankle boots, you know, and my legs were so big that they wouldn't zip up over my ankles and my legs. But I was telling everybody, I was like, yes, girl. I was like, I'm rocking a new style. You just wait. You're going to see this in the magazines. Like, this is going to be a new fad. Denial, denial, denial. And let me say it again. Obesity and denial are BFFs, okay? I was in complete denial about what my actual clothing size was. So I would rock these ugly, stretchy, they were gray. They, ha- they even had a drawstring, like seriously, completely not flattering pants. And I guess you would call them dressy pants. I mean, I guess in a way, I don't know. Um, they were from that store, Deb. Y'all remember Deb back in the day? Well, I would go to Deb and I had these pants because I refused to go and buy jeans. And it's not that I was like actually saying, no, I don't let, you know, I refuse to go buy jeans. I was in denial. And so I would tell myself and tell other people like, oh, I just love to dress up. I love skirts and dresses and dressy pants. Yeah, because they're stretchy. I wasn't wearing fitted pencil skirts. I was wearing stretchy band skirts. (laughs) There was no, you know, tight, sleek, pencil skirt with the zip in the back. That wasn't happening when I say skirts. We're talking stretchy skirts. And so I was wearing the stretchy stuff because I did not want to face the size those jeans were going to be. And plus, I also knew to get the jeans that were going to fit me, I was going to have to shop in the plus section. And I had never in my life had to shop plus size. Even though I was never skinny, you know, Before this, I was like an 11, 13 juniors, maybe like a 12, maybe pushing a 14 at times, but I was never like actually shopping in the plus size section. And at the time, early 2000s, it was humiliating because things were not as inclusive as they are today and by, and things are not where they should be by any means, but even today, but it was a lot more polarizing back in the day. It was like this little tiny section. It was like, you're walking the, it felt like the walk of shame to go in the plus size section. That's what it felt like. And it was embarrassing for me because it was like, where did this body come from? This is not the body that I like, I thought I was fat before, but now I'm actually obese. Right? So here I was, I finally got the courage up to go buy the jeans. And when I bought the jeans, they were, they were like a size 20 or like a 22. I knew they were like right in there. Um, and they weren't loose by any means. 
I was mortified. Um, you know, before I felt like I'm a little overweight. I'm like more thick, curvy, but now like I'm just like obese and overweight and I'm miserable. I'm absolutely miserable. And there was nothing comfortable about living my life in the body that I was living in back then. I hated taking pictures and thank goodness, you know, smartphones weren't a thing back then. It was not smartphone city yet. You know, we would go out to the club. Everybody had a disposable camera. The picture qualities were horrible. And it was like a special occasion that you would even bring a disposable camera. I mean, really. Um, Digital cameras weren't even a thing yet. I think I had, oh my gosh, I had this camera that had floppy disks. And that was like a big deal. You put the floppy disk in and you would take pictures and then upload them on your computer. And I bet if I went back and looked at those, the quality of it is like pure trash. So anyway, side note. So, you know... I hated going out. I hated the body I was in. I, even though I was going out every weekend, I didn't want, I didn't like the way I looked. Nothing fit me right. And I would just go out to party and get drunk to drink my problems away. So that girl, that Amy back then, didn't even know what it meant to love herself. And if anybody would have told me that it's okay to live in the body that you're in and you can stay here. Please don't lose weight intentionally because you just need to love yourself the way you are. And if you want to lose weight on purpose, that's not okay. That would have been a really dangerous thing to say because my health, not only did I not like the way I looked, but my health was actually suffering. My physical health as well as my mental and emotional health, which I would argue was even more in danger at the time, okay? I also didn't have a period for almost a year, and I refused to go to the gynecologist because, number one, I had never been before because I was still technically a teenager, and I had been putting it off because I was already mortified to go because it's not a pleasant experience, especially your first time, and you don't know what to expect, but let alone living in this bigger body, I didn't want any strangers to see me naked. And to go to a gynecologist means they're going to see your body. They're going to see your stomach. They're going to see you naked. And you got to get on the scale and you got to face the music. And because they're doctors, they're going to tell you that all your problems are you know, related to your weight. They're going to call you out. And so when I finally made the decision and I went in, they pretty much told me that it was my rapid weight gain that caused my periods to stop at 19 years old, right? So at the doctor's appointment that day, they actually referred me to a nutritionist. They had an in-house nutritionist so I could start to lose weight. But nowhere in that early journey in those days when I was young uh, with that nutritionist did anything ever address my mental health, my emotional state. Nothing addressed... um, why I was doing what I was doing. Nothing addressed the emotional weight I was carrying, which probably weighed more than the, you know, close to 100 pounds I had gained. And nobody was addressing that, not even a nutritionist, because the outside world can't see that. And to the outside world, it didn't matter. All that mattered was I'm this fat, obese girl, and all they care about is the physical weight. So, I say that to say, on one hand, I totally understand the body positivity movement because one of the things that it does is that it empowers women to feel like 
they're an actual human being. Because when you're super obese, super overweight to other people, even though you're big, you're invisible. You just feel invisible. And you don't feel like you're a human being because to them you're not. And I know this from experience because of the name calling, the bullying, the way I've been treated. And I know that the way I've been treated is never how a, you know, what society deems the perfect woman would ever, ever be treated. So on that, I give kudos to the body positive body positivity movement for empowering women in that way. But let me be very clear. Let me be really clear and really real right here for a second. There is absolutely nothing empowering about telling someone she's healthy at 250 plus, 300 plus pounds, and that wanting to lose weight intentionally is dangerous. When in fact, telling someone they should never lose weight intentionally when they're that overweight, that is dangerous. And I don't give a shit if your levels come, your blood levels come back in a normal range and you're 300 pounds. Because believe me this, those levels, especially if you're younger, they're not going to stay in that range long term. And it's going to catch up to you. And you cannot maintain such a high weight for such a long time and expect everything to work the way it's supposed to work. The body was not created and made to withstand hundreds of extra pounds on your arteries and your organs and your heart. We were not designed to live like this. That is a fact. That is science and that is health. That is not an opinion. And to say that doesn't mean you're a piece of shit, low-life person because you weigh 300 pounds. That's not what I'm saying because you still deserve love and respect from yourself and from other people regardless of your size. But to tell someone they should never have the, the want or the urge to want to get the weight off and they should just love their bodies the way it is even though they can't walk up a flight of stairs, that's dangerous territory and that has to fucking stop. Okay, because to say that you're healthy at that size, you're not. And I'm not even just talking about physically. I'm not talking about just the physical. That's one one dimension, one piece of this. When you're that size, it does a number to your emotional health and your mental health. And let me tell you right now, there is nothing pleasant. There is nothing fun. And there is nothing emotionally healthy about worrying in advance if the chairs of the place you're going to are going to fit. If you're going to break a chair or not be able to fit into a booth, right? There is nothing healthy and okay about that. There is nothing pleasant about worrying if you're going to fit in the roller coaster when you go to the theme park with your friends right? There's nothing, nothing okay, nothing healthy about, you know, having anxiety attacks and panic attacks days in advance of a social event because you're so worried about people that haven't seen you in a year. 
and how they're going to perceive you and then what they're going to say about you behind your back. Right? And so also, you know, when you can't physically do fun things and activities, this is again, I'm going to say it again, obesity and denial are BFFs because here's where they come into your life again. So you try to cover it up by saying, yeah, I just don't like doing that kind of stuff. I don't like roller coasters. I don't like theme parks. I don't like being active. I'm not a, I'm just not an outdoorsy person. Like you make up all these bullshit excuses because you're in denial because you don't even want to find out if your ass is going to get stuck in the chair. So you start missing out on all these things in your life because of your weight. And so then you just start becoming this person who says, you know, I don't want to do that stuff anyway. And you start to bitch and complain how everybody in the world should just make bigger chairs. They should, you know, make bigger roller coasters and the airplanes need to have bigger seats. And let me tell you, that's a cop out. Okay. I can remember one time getting on an airplane and the seat belt, look, I was actually about to cry because I was like, this is not happening. This is not happening. I got in the seat, put on the seat belt, and I wasn't sure if it was going to buckle. And it barely buckled, and there was absolutely no excess belt. You know how you pull the strap and there's excess? There was no excess, right? So there I was. I was, like, right on that edge of, like, oh, my God, I'm about to, like, not fit in an airplane seat, right? That's humiliating. It's absolutely humiliating. A month ago... I flew to Canada for a conference, and when I sat down, I was like, oh, man, this plane must have bigger seats. No, it didn't have bigger seats. It's just that my ass got smaller. <laughs> and I put the seatbelt on. Girl, oh, my God, I had so much excess belt, and I was proud as hell. I even took a picture of it. I'm going to put it on my blog so I can show you. No, but really, I got in the seat. I pulled the belt. I was like, dang, I had so much excess belt for me. Um and I was able to cross my legs in the seat. I was comfortable. And that's not just a vanity thing. You know, okay, so for a split second, you're like, oh, yeah, girl, look at me. I fit in the seat. You know, that's a big deal when you've been in the other position where, like, you were, like, embarrassed that when they came around to do seatbelt check, you may not be able to buckle your seatbelt, right? So for a split second, you're like, oh, yeah, look at me. But it goes deeper than that because how humiliating is it to get on an airplane and your ass is bumping into everybody in their seats and everybody's looking at you like, oh, oh, Lord, I hope she's not sitting with me. You get that look and then you get to your seat and you're worried you're not going to fit. Let me say this. Nobody should ever, 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 ever have to live like that. And what drives me crazy is there are people out here so-called thought leaders, which I don't even want to call them thought leaders, but people out here in this body image space that are preaching that it is okay and there is a difference between self-love and just giving up and accepting this is who I am, this is how I have to live my life because you don't. Right. And so I think the body positivity movement, when it comes to the whole like preaching about self-love, I think it's enabling people to give up on their health. 
and taking care of themselves. And I think it's enabling people to be complacent that being overweight is not attached to health at some point. And let's be real that we're not just talking about someone being able to run up a flight of stairs. It's not just physical. It's not just type 2 diabetes and heart disease and all the stuff that comes along with, you know, lifelong obesity. I'm talking about emotional health as well. Because you can say all day long, you know, you're 350 plus, you love yourself, um, you know, I feel good in my skin. And you, and you might. But I also know deep down, you're not happy with where you are. There might be a few people out there that really, truly believe that, but I really think it's a cop-out. I really do. Right? And, and that begs the question, why are there so many plus-size bloggers that I've been following from back in the day? I'm not going to mention names, but there's a lot of plus-size bloggers lately who aren't so plus-size anymore. They're still not thin. They're, like, thick, but they're not obese anymore. There's a reason. Okay, because sometimes, not sometimes, but let's go back to BFF with denial, obesity and denial. You don't realize how much you're suffering. You don't realize how much you're hurting and how much you're putting up with and how much learned helplessness you have until you get relief. I'm going to say that again. You don't realize how much you're suffering and how much you're hurting and how much you're missing out on until you do something different, right? And so it goes back to what I always talk about with the wet blanket. Even though you're in a wet, you're covered with a wet blanket and you're uncomfortable and you're, you're wet and you've learned to live with it and you've learned to live with the fact that if you just stay where you are and you don't move the air that the air can't hit your skin where it's wet and so you won't be cold and uncomfortable so you just live in this mass of uncomfortableness instead of deciding to be uncomfortable for a small blip of time in order to live the life that you know you should actually be living right and so Obesity and denial, BFFs, it goes hand in hand. And so, so often, until you actually try to do something differently or realize, like, I need to make changes, I need to treat myself better, I need to, like, love myself more, and by loving myself also means what I put into my body, what I do with my body, the way that I, you know, the activities that I'm doing for myself, until you decide to do that, you don't realize how much you're suffering, and that's what exactly happened to me as well, right? Um, and so, so let me go back to, and I know this is, this is long cause there's a lot to cover. So keep, uh, if you're still listening, thank you. Going back to telling someone, just love yourself the way you are. Like, mm, that's a really hard thing to navigate when you're thinking, all right, how do I love myself? I'm 250 plus. How can I possibly love myself at this size when everything for me is so much harder to do? How 
do I love my body this way? I can't do the things I really know I want to do. I can't stand to look in the mirror. I don't like the body that I'm in. And so, yeah, maybe it would be easier to be a cop out just to say, nope, I love myself the way I am. I don't have to change. I'll just stay the way that I am. I'll just love myself like this. When the truth is, that's just a mask that you're putting on top of everything else. Because the weight in and of itself is a symptom already of something else. It's always a symptom of something else, right? So how do you love yourself when you can't stand the body that you're in? Okay, so, you know, you have to think you, I'm going to be very real with you and tell you that sometimes you're not going to love yourself in the beginning and that's okay. Because you don't go from one day, you know, being super overweight and uncomfortable in your body and then the next day saying, oh, I love myself the way I am. No, it's a process. And so when you first start on this journey of weight loss and self-love, you're not going to love that woman. You're not. But the way that you get through it, the way that you break through to actually start to fall in love with yourself is you have to channel and think about the woman that you're becoming. The woman that is already inside of you that you know you have the potential and the capability to become and you know you love her and you know you want the best for her, right? And so you got to start looking out for that woman that you're going to become. And to become her, you have to do the work to shed the weight, the physical weight, and the emotional weight. And again, like sometimes, like you, not sometimes, really every time, you have to actually start doing the work first. But then you're like, well, how do I do that if right now I hate myself and I hate my body? And again, you got to find that power within you to do it for your future self that you're going to fall absolutely in love with, right? It's kind of like dating. You meet someone, you're like, "Ah, I kind of like them, but you're not in love with them yet. And the more you do things, the more you get to know them, the deeper that feeling becomes, which turns into love. And that's what I want you to do for yourself. And so when I say to love yourself, it's not like this poly you know, Pollyanna-ish thing of like, oh yeah, just love yourself. Like, it's not that easy. And it has more layers to it than that. And the thing is, loving yourself is going to come by doing the things that are required to lose the weight emotionally and physically. And so if you start to approach your weight loss that way, And not from a place of hating yourself, because if you're approaching, you know, yourself from a place of self-hate, it's never going to work for you because you're also not addressing the, the emotional stuff that's going on as well. Right. And so, you know, I want you to think of your future self and know that you're going to love her and you're going to do, you're going to love her no matter what her body ends up looking like. You're going to love her no matter where she is on her journey. And you're going to love her with or without the perfect body. Okay? And so you have to start treating you now. You have to start treating yourself in a way that is loving, that is compassionate, 
that is forgiving. Stop thinking about all the past experiences where you tried and failed because we're not in the past. We're now in the present. And sometimes you have to give her a little bit of tough love. And, you know, when I lost some of the weight from the big post-high school weight gain, I didn't lose that weight because I fell in love with myself. I didn't lose the weight because I went on a journey of self-love and confidence. I lost the weight because I was miserable, because I was unhealthy, and I couldn't stand the way I looked anymore. But never in that journey did I focus on, you know, working on my body image, working on loving myself, and working on confidence. And I know for a fact that's why I lost a portion of that weight and then I would just continue to gain and lose for another decade because I hadn't addressed all the other real stuff. And it wasn't until I had my big aha moment standing in my kitchen one day looking at a picture. It wasn't like a bad, you know, overweight picture, um, but it's just a picture. And I realized, holy shit, I can look at any picture in my lifetime and I can tell you how much I weighed, what weight loss program I was on, what size I was, and how I felt about my current weight loss. And that was how I categorized and cataloged my entire life. And that's when I realized, like, that's super sad because you can't base all of your happiness on just your weight. And it made me realize that in order to lose the weight and to be happy and to actually love myself, I have to do this journey, this weight loss journey, from a place of love and I also have to do it from a place of like, this isn't temporary right now because my old mentality was like, I'll just get to goal, um, I'll get to the end, and then I'll go back to doing what I was doing, and then I don't have to be bothered with this diet shit for the rest of my life. That's where I was getting it wrong. So I wasn't doing it from a place of like the things that I do now, the things that I teach through Irresistible You that you have to have in place. You have to have those five guiding principles in place or the best diet in the world is not going to work for you long term if you don't have the confidence and the self-love and the body image stuff happening at the same time. You got to be working on that stuff too, the emotional weight. All of that is emotional weight. You know, and so we just focus so much on what we're doing wrong and the failures and where we are. And, and so that leads me to the next part of this podcast. And again, this is super long, but there's a lot to be said here. You know, I talked about what life was like for me at my 250 plus days back in the day when I was also depressed and I had anxiety and I was, you know, had agoraphobia and I was miserable and I didn't know who I was. I was lost. I was confused. Nothing about that screamed self-love, right? Nothing about that was body positive. And again, if anyone in the body positive movement now would have said to me, no, just be who you are right now. It's okay. I don't know where I'd be right now because that's really dangerous. Again, and so I know what self-love looks like, and I also know what it doesn't look like. And everything that I just described earlier is what it doesn't look like. But let me tell you what self-love looks like. Because self-love is not always, you know, you're not having this, like, obsession with yourself. That's not what this is about, right? Think about the way you love your spouse. You don't love everything they do all the time. 
but it's unconditional, right? There's times where my husband gets on my damn nerves, right? There's times where like just tapping or breathing sounds, like I, it, it irritates the shit out of me, right? Everybody can get on your nerves at some point, including yourself. But the difference is knowing how to walk away and how to still like not let that affect your overall love for that person, including yourself. So let's talk about what self-love actually feels like, okay? So just the other day, um, I was having this conversation with my Weight Watchers coach, and I was kind of frustrated because for June, uh, the month of June, I didn't lose the weight that I wanted to lose. And so my coach says to me, well, yeah, but how much have you gained? And I'm like, uh, I haven't gained anything this month. I've maintained. And we're like, okay, well, yeah. So like, that's something to celebrate, right? Because so often all we're worried about is losing, 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 losing. But even if you get to your goal, you gotta be in maintenance, not for two months, not for six months, the rest of your life. And I've told y'all before, this is the slowest I have ever lost my weight in my entire life. Uh, my daughter's going to be three this fall. Oh my gosh. And I'm now just about 10 pounds shy of where I was um, before I got pregnant and I gained 70 pounds. So do the math. I've lost about 60 pounds since giving birth. But we're not talking just June. I haven't gained any of that weight back. And this process, none of this has been painful this time around. Here's an example. This is self-love. My family and I, we went to Brewster's ice cream a couple nights ago. And I got me, girl, I got me a hot fudge caramel sundae with whipped cream all to myself. <laughs> and we all got in the, the truck and we watched a movie in the car and it was awesome. We were eating our ice cream, even Chewy, my chihuahua, he had his little doggy ice cream that they give. And the next day I had a weigh-in and I was down a pound. Okay. So the difference is if I were to eat my 30 point Sunday, seven days a week, we have a problem. And that's how I was living when I didn't love myself. It was, you know, appetizer, meal, dessert, seven days a week, constantly shoving food down my throat, fast food, processed food. It was carb city. None of it was healthy. I didn't even drink water back then. I didn't even drink water. I didn't drink water. I didn't eat vegetables. I didn't eat fruit. I didn't do any of the healthy habits that I do now. I didn't even drink diet sodas back then. Okay? So what I'm trying to say to you is that right now, the way that things are going for me, I don't feel like I'm doing something that's like this big process, this big painful process. I literally feel like I'm living my life that I'm just living my life and that I have finally learned how to eat like a normal, healthy person. And sure, I still have my struggles with food, but it's so much easier now and I'm aware. I woke up to the whole thing, all the things that I was doing and I have so much clarity and so much self-awareness that I'm no longer this zombie walking through life. And that's what self-love feels like. It's like when you finally 
are taking care of yourself because you want to, not because you're punishing yourself, not because you hate yourself so much that you're going to go on this restrictive, stupid diet or go to this gym, you know, 90 minutes a day doing stuff you don't want to do around people you don't want to be around, you know, going out for walks, going kayaking, kickboxing, like that's my stuff. That's what I love doing. And so the ratio of how much I sit on the couch and watch TV to the times that I'm active is so different now. And it's not like it feels like, oh, I got to go exercise. It doesn't feel like that. And that is self-love, right? So self-love feels like taking care of your body. You know, putting the right foods in your body, but also having an ice cream sundae once in a while. Self-love feels like going to a cookout and eating what you want to eat and not feeling like you have to deprive yourself. Because I know I talk mostly about women who are overweight because that's my experience and that's what I tend to, and that is what I focus on. I know I also have listeners who are thin, and struggle with the same thing. And self-love is not restricting yourself because you're afraid to eat because you might gain one pound. So even if you're thin, I know you go through this as well. And that's not self-love. But self-love is not shoving seven ice cream sundaes down your throat seven days a week. It's just not. Because once, and it's what I said before, it's like once you realize how much pain you were in, You don't want to go backwards. And that's how I feel. I know what it feels like to hate yourself. I know what it feels like to be fat and miserable in your own skin. I know what it feels like to be happy and carefree and like actually not give a shit about the fat roll. Like I'm neutral to it. There's times I look in the mirror, I'm like, ugh. But then I'm like, yeah, it's okay. You know, like, It's a process and none of this happens overnight and back to like the whole, just love yourself. Like know that I know. And the way that I will always tell you is you can't just do that and everything's going to be okay. You got to go through the hard stuff too. You got to do the work to get to the place where you can really truly say, I really love who I am and I'm super comfortable in my own skin. And That was a lot. And if you, you know, let's just quickly wrap right here because I want to go back to obesity and denial. You know, if you are obese and you are miserable and you are missing out on things and you're sitting here listening to what I'm saying and a lot of it hit a nerve with you and you realize that you're wasting time and you're wasting your life away. And you're telling yourself that you don't like this and you don't like that. I'm not really into fashion and I don't really want to do this. And I'm not active. I'm not an outdoors person. If you realize you're doing that because you're covering up the fact that you don't want to face the music, we need to have a chat, right? Because to want to go on this weight loss journey. And when I, and, and guys, when I say weight loss journey, Here's what I want you to know. I'm always talking about physical and emotional weight. That's what I'm talking about because we can do this weight loss journey at 120 pounds because we're doing emotional weight. So when I say going on this weight loss journey, we're talking about both sides, okay? But you have to, like, you could listen to my podcast all day long. You could feel inspired. You could feel motivated. And you could still be in denial. 
But let's, let's be clear. You personally have to be mentally ready to lose the weight. And being in denial is not preparing you for where you need to be, right? So you've got to address the denial and say, hey, let's be real with myself and let's tell the truth. And once you start to tell the truth and face the music and get out of the denial, you're going to find that you're going to be mentally ready to lose the weight, the emotional and the physical weight. Okay. So I just kind of want to wrap this up and say, like, I know this was a lot. I know this was a lot to cover. Um, And, you know, the stuff that you're hearing out here, it's not serving you. If you are not happy in your own skin, if you are not comfortable where you are physically, emotionally, mentally, you need to stop listening to people telling you that it's okay to be the size, you know, to be 300 pounds. So that's a tricky thing. Like, I know I can get, oh my God, this is going to keep going. Okay. Just one more thing. I promise. That's kind of like a tricky topic to talk about because I don't want to sound hypocritical by any means, but I hope that you understand what I'm trying to say and what I'm trying to get across is that, you know, you can love yourself and simultaneously strive to improve your body as well. You can love your body and you can also strive for improving it. And I would also say that wanting to improve your body is a part of self-love where it becomes like blurred and it's to me it's no longer self-love is when you are doing it from a place of hating yourself and you're trying to lose weight and change your body because you think you have to fit a specific size and a specific number right and that's not that shouldn't be your end goal okay so just to wrap up um because i'm gonna have to split this into some other episodes the other things i want to say because it's just too much right now let's just wrap up and say this I don't care about the body positivity movement. I march to the beat of my own drum. And my drum is the movement, hashtag irresistible you. And if you're down, if you want to ride with me, that's the hashtag that I want you to use. I want you to put it on social media. I want you to share your posts. I want you to share your pictures, what you're doing, what you're working on, your selfies, your gorgeous face. That's our movement. And the irresistible you movement is about this. You can be irresistible at any weight, size, or age. You can love your body, but also simultaneously strive to improve it. We are all a work in progress. We're all on a journey. Body positivity is a journey. Body image is a journey. Stop waiting for the weight. Regardless of where you are right now, even if you're 200 pounds overweight, I want you to realize that life is happening now. And to stop putting everything on hold until you lose all of the weight because you're going to miss out. And in order to create an irresistible life, you've got to balance and work on your mind, body, and soul. And when we talk about weight again, we're talking physical and we're talking emotional weight. So I hope this resonates with you. I hope that this um, everything that I talked about today makes sense. 
And if you have questions, if you want to get started on your journey, I want you to message me. I want you to hit me up, um, go and get my free training. All of that is linked up in the show notes, because if you're ready to go on this journey, if you're ready to lose the weight, the emotional weight, I'm here to help you. And I know that I can help you. And so I want to hear from you. I want to know um, what you're feeling, what you're thinking. And if this episode resonated with you, I would love if you could go over to iTunes, please leave a rating and review. I would be so grateful to you. Get out on social media, post your hashtag irresistible you. Let's make this a movement. And until the next one, stay irresistible.